0: 630 chad inside sports with reed wilkins weekdays at six on 630
1: chad hi i'm greg ellington from your edmonton oaks and you're listening to inside sports with reed wilkins on 630 chad black ocean cold and dark i am the hungry shark
0: All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Here's what's going on. The Oil Kings up 3-1 on Medicine Hat with four and a half minutes left in the first period at Rogers Place. Oil Kings ranked number one in the Canadian Hockey League. Edmonton's farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, 1-1 against the San Jose Barracuda. That is with about three minutes left in the uh, first period. Uh, James Hamblin has the goal for the Condors and uh, news today concerning some players currently on the Condors roster. So we got Dimitri Samarukov gets a one year contract extension. Defenseman Vincent Deharnay gets a two year contract. And uh, forward James Hamblin gets a two year entry level contract. Both of those will start in the fall in the NHL tonight. All right, here's what's going on. We got 1-0, Los Angeles leading Dallas. That's at the start of the second period. So two teams close to the Oilers in the standings. Kings just ahead, Stars just behind. The Blues lead the Rangers 3-2. That is now after two. David Perron has his 12th of the season. Ryan Strom has his 12th of the season. A couple of guys who used to play for the Oilers. Six and a half minutes into the third, Sabres leading Toronto 3-1. And one game coming up later, it is Nashville at Seattle. So that's what's happening there Uh, tomorrow, 5 o'clock for the face-off show game at 6.30. We got the Oilers Mm -hmm. at Chicago. Duncan Keith back in Chicago for the first time since being traded to Edmonton in the summer. And he was asked about his biggest takeaway from his time with the Blackhawks.
1: Just all the great teammates I had over the years, uh, great coaches. Uh, you know, it's a great organization. Uh, Rocky Wirtz and Danny Wirtz, The way they uh, we were always treated as players, and my family, uh, the city of Chicago. Uh, just super proud to, to say that I was a Hawk for as long as I was, and to be drafted by that team and spend spend that many years here. Uh, definitely proud of uh, proud of that, and uh, and all the great teammates that. Uh, you know pushed me to, to become a better player and uh, obviously those three championships were stick out for sure.
0: Yeah, Duncan Keith uh, back in Chicago. Now, it actually is uh, Nick Jarmelson who's going to be honored before the game, his tribute night. It's not a Jersey retirement, so that'll be big for Chicago fans, and then I'm sure there'll be something for Duncan Keith uh, as well. So 5 o'clock tomorrow, furnace Family Oilers hockey, and then the game at 6.30, and Buffalo has just scored again. So 13-21 left in the third period. Sabres now leading the Maple Leafs 4 one it's been kind of a struggle for toronto yesterday to uh or recently to prevent goals even though they still won some games so 4-1 buffalo leading toronto okay the briar starts on friday the rink skipped by edmonton's brendan botcher the defending champions but they have had some changes since they won last year to discuss we welcome brendan back to the show brendan how are you doing
2: I'm doing good. Thanks. Reed.
0: Yeah, thanks for hopping on. This has become an annual occurrence for us talking to you as your rink goes into the briar and uh, I've asked you in previous years. has it felt that you were in the final and you couldn't get over the hump. Now I ask you how it feels going in as the defending champion.
2: Well, well, it feels great and, and I guess I'll start off by saying I'm grateful that this is a yearly occurrence for us or at least it has has been the last couple that it's absolutely awesome that we've been to a string of briars here and uh, it's definitely a unique feeling you know last year we played a home province briar um, in Calgary but you know the only people that were there were all cardboard people so it was a little different uh, vibe in that rink for sure. And I'm really looking forward to a, you know, it's always an honor to put on the Maple Leaf and go out there and represent Team Canada. But it'll also be pretty cool to play another home province prior, be able to have our friends and family and supporters down there watching us. I'm really looking forward to that.
0: So, and it's interesting too, because your rink has been outstanding for a long time and and you've won a lot of big events but, I mean, you were carrying that with you, that you'd lost the three consecutive Briar finals. Um, like, do you get a different reaction? Or do people say, like, glad you finally did it? And, and like, do you think to yourself, well, we have one other stuff. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just wondering if that vibe has changed at all over the past year.
2: Well, you know, you got to trick yourself. So, in the moment, you've got to, uh, you know, A, B, super proud that you made some briar finals in a row because there's not a lot of teams that have the opportunity to do that so that was pretty special and you got to focus on all the other things you've won over those years um so that's important too but i think it always is kind of nagging in the back of your mind you know what do we have to do to take that extra half little step that we've been a little short on and um the answer is really not much you've just got to put yourself in that position and try and play your absolute best and you know play how you practice and all those kind of things but it's definitely a little bit different feeling now that we're coming in we know what it feels like at the end of the week there to play our absolute best in that biggest moment and i think hopefully we can draw on some of that experience here this week
0: all right look brendan uh, a, f- a few weeks ago there was a change in the roster to your team uh, darren molding your third for several years is no longer with you uh he said some stuff publicly um you know you reacted to some extent uh is is there any further update on a relationship with Darren are things smoothed over is it just you you know you've parted ways and that's just how things are going to be now I'm just wondering if you can shed any more light on that
2: yeah so I guess I'll start by saying I'm you know absolutely thrilled that Pat uh is joining our team here he's been a he's been a part of our team for three years um and I'm very thankful and excited we get to go out on the ice and experience that here together this week. And you know, with Darren, I think, I think the average sports fan uh, can accept that, you know, everything kind of plays its course. And sometimes you're just ready for a little bit of a change. And sport is, uh, it's tough, and it's tricky. And there's so much emotion, so much pressure. Um, I think teams are constantly always looking for that, that spark that little bit to kind of, you know, keep everyone fresh keep the drive going and we just felt like you know we were at the point in time where we were ready to make that change um and kind of away we go but I'm definitely you know happy that Darren landed on a team I think he's he's been pretty happy with these guys they've qualified he gets to play in a hometown Briar now which is outstanding for him and you know I wish the guys a lot of luck this week I I think they're a good team and I'm looking forward to playing them here on Saturday
0: did uh, did that get in your mind was it blown out of proportion
2: you know I think everyone looks at curling through a through a professional sports lens and I think the average viewer of curling doesn't understand that uh, athletes in other sports have coaches and managers and agents and owners and full offices of people that manage all of this kind of stuff and all that player selection piece, is taken care of by others so really the teammates out on whatever team is um, they, they truly are just teammates because <laughs> someone else is making all the other hard choices and in curling it's a little bit different um, we do have coaches but most of the coaches in curling aren't making personnel decisions and we don't have any of the other back office support staff to, to help us. so you know we're, we're out of the team it also has to have some kind of managerial role to, to help shepherd the team along right And to chart the course and set the path and all those kind of things so i think that's what some people maybe miss when they look at curling is that um, a lot of those decisions end up coming down to the the players which is tough because there's nothing i'd like more than to just go out there and just be a teammate and be the absolute best teammate i can um, but, you know, in the back of my mind, I've also got to try and take care of all that other responsibility.
0: All right. Brendan Botcher joining us then at Inside Sports, defending Briar Champ and going for it again, starting this weekend in Lethbridge. Um, we've talked several times and I've talked to other uh, men and women in curling about how unusual it has been the last couple of years. How has this season gone? Uh, you know, give us a sense of, Working through kind of another COVID system uh, season, has has it been more normal, or there's still massive adjustments to the schedule and what you can and can't do? Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, I would say there have been uh, pretty massive adjustments. So kind of through the summer last year, it felt like we were, you know, going to be mostly back to normal, mostly wide open. So all the fields were kind of slotting into the calendar like usual. I think we got off to our normal part of the schedule through the early fall. Uh, mostly to normal I thought we were tracking trending you know everywhere we needed to go up to the trials and you know we just came out at the trials and and we a little flat I, I don't think really is doesn't come down to one thing that really caused us to be a little flat that week but I, I do think that was the result and then unfortunately after the trials with the Omicron wave and everything else there was a whole slew of cancellations so from the cancellation of the mixed doubles Olympic trials to um, really all the events we could have played in january and february um it's been another COVID season of curling that's kind of thrown a pretty big wrench into the the schedule and the plan so i think a lot of teams here this week are going to be experiencing something similar um, we were fortunate enough this go around that at least rec center stayed open so we've been able to practice this whole time where a year ago um we went two and a half months kind of from mid November until the start of February where we didn't even have practice ice. So when we were getting ready for the Briar, it felt like we were almost just coming out of a summer vacation. Whereas at least this year, we've had good access to practice. We've been able to do lots of that. And hopefully we come out a little bit sharper out of the gate.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, g- good to hear. Certainly, you've been able to get more uh, more practice time. And this briar, uh, this is still uh, sticking with the format. It's, it's the wild. So there are some wildcard teams and there's two pools that then the top teams get merged into one pool. Is that what they're going with again?
2: Uh, it's slightly different. So there are three wildcard teams, which is the same as last year. Um, there are two pools off the hop. Now, in the last a uh, couple years the two pools ended up filtering to one pool and you ended up playing the top four teams from the other pool than you started in and this year they're doing a little bit different so the top three in each pool advanced to a, uh, a knockout draw which will select teams for the playoffs so they cut a few games out um, of the schedule which i think is good because uh, even last year i think we played 14 or so games to make it to the end of the week and and that's a lot so I think a lot of the athletes were in favor of trimming the schedule back a little bit and the formula will look a lot similar this year but with just a few less games kind of at the end there
0: okay well as always Brendan I, I appreciate you checking in uh, I wish you and the boys uh, all the best as you go for uh, another one here and I know I know you have a lot going on this week so I always appreciate that you make time for inside sports all the best man let's talk again soon
2: Excellent. Thanks, Reid. Hi, this is Cody Battershill with a message from Canada Action. We have all worked to make Alberta a global leader in oil and gas production. As long as the world needs energy, it should be coming from Alberta. That means we need to continue our record of leadership with reducing emissions and protecting the environment. By meeting that challenge, we can bring global investment, jobs and opportunities back to our communities. Visit albertaenergyfuture.ca to join the conversation.
0: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Okay, appreciate you tuning in tonight. How about this? It is now 5-1. The Sabres leading the Maple Leafs with just under six minutes left in the third period. Rangers and Blues tied at three with 11 minutes to go. Kings and Stars now 1-1 with 12 minutes to go in the second period. Glenn Denning with the tying goal for Dallas Predators and Kraken coming up at the top of the hour. Oil Kings up 3-1 on Medicine Hat. That is after the first in the American Hockey League. Bakersfield-Condors in a 1-1 tie with San Jose. That's after the first period. Uh, I mentioned Daniel Nugent-Bowman of The Athletic had a QA and a with Oilers general manager Ken Holland. I, I hit on a couple talking points uh, from that earlier on. Uh, Holland saying he's happy with the goaltending and probably going to proceed the way it is. Uh, also, Bowman, uh, Nugent-Bowman asked Holland about a potential Josh Archibald return to the lineup. Here is what Holland said about Archibald. He's in Edmonton. I think he comes out of quarantine Wednesday. That's today. He's not vaccinated. I do not know where he is in terms of conditioning. I know he's been cleared by multiple doctors in terms of his health. So he's been given the green light to go full out and resume all activities. Holland went on to say about Archibald, he hasn't skated since September, so I don't know if he's one to two weeks away or if he's a month and a half away. We haven't physically seen him. He hasn't been under our care. I know he saw a doctor in late December and then he had other opinions, so he didn't get the green light to push it until middle to late January. In late January, he had pictures taken of his heart. Uh, Holland added, But Archibald, he drove up to Edmonton. He's been in quarantine for two weeks. I don't really have any knowledge of where he's at from a time frame standpoint other than he's been given a clean bill of health by multiple doctors to resume full activities, to resume professional sports. So maybe we see Josh Archibald at some point this season. Um, Again, if he's not vaccinated, he wouldn't be able to play games uh, in the United States. So that is the situation there with uh, Josh Archibald. Okay. Tomorrow, Oilers taking on the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Duncan Keith back in Chicago for the first time since being traded to the Oilers. Head coach Jay Woodcroft today was asked about uh, the impact of Duncan Keith getting him back in the lineup yesterday
3: yeah well he's in phenomenal shape Uh, he takes care of himself very well that's why he's had the career he's had and the longevity that he's had Um, he's a proud person that makes sure that when he goes back into the lineup that he wanted to be ready for it and uh, he helped us win a big game in Philadelphia last night
0: all right Woodcroft also commented on the discipline that Keith shows off the ice
3: you don't have the career that he's had. You don't play the amount of games that he's had. Uh, not only uh, regular season games, but also playoff games, which uh, take take their own type of toll. And also the international events that he's been a part of. So you don't have that unless um, you put an emphasis and put a premium on being in the best shape that you can be. Um, he's somebody, for me, that is his discipline doesn't just show up Uh, in the form of uh, what his body looks like or how he takes care of his body, but it also, his discipline comes from his mental routines uh, to prepare himself to play that many games. His discipline comes in the form of uh, sticking within a team structure or team system. Uh, I've I've seen over the last few days of of how he conducts himself on and off the ice and uh, nothing but impressed with this individual. Uh, He deserves all the accolades that he gets.
0: And uh, Keith was asked, so uh, all this discipline, where did that come
1: from? I think as a little kid, uh, I always wanted to be a hockey player. So um, I was pretty driven when I was that young. So uh, I think that I always had the motivation to to want to play in the NHL and figured I would find a way no matter what. I wasn't always the biggest guy growing, growing up playing hockey, especially back then. Uh, it was more of a, a bigger man's game, so it still is, but uh, I knew I had to be quick and I knew I had to uh, work on everything I could, could my strength and uh, speed, so did everything I could to, to try to make a career out of it and uh, just kind of those type of habits just kind of stuck with me and, you know, it's been, uh, been served me well. Yeah, big night
0: tomorrow for Duncan Keith going back into Chicago and a big night for the Edmonton Oilers as they remain in a chase for a playoff spot. They Right now, they're the second and final card team in the Western Conference. I was talking about that L.A. and Dallas game, how significant it is. Uh, the Oilers are two points behind L.A. They're, uh, L.A.'s second in the Pacific, 65, Vegas, 64, Edmonton, 63. So if Dallas wins, you think, okay, that keeps Edmonton a little closer to maybe getting up there into the number two seat in the Pacific. But mm-hmm. uh, if Dallas wins, they also tie the Oilers in terms of points and bump the Oilers out of a playoff spot because Dallas will have a better points percentage because at the end of the night, they're going to have a game in hand on Edmonton. But nonetheless, the Oilers are are right there. But you just don't want that L.A.-Dallas game to go to overtime, and the Kings have gone ahead 2-1 on a goal by Kaliev with 8.5 minutes left in the second period. All right, so... Tomorrow, Oilers now from noon to 2, face-off show at 5, game at 6.30, Oilers at Chicago. Thanks to Dave Campbell, he's the producer of Inside Sports. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reed. thanks for listening, take care.